And a very good evening, everybody, and a warm welcome to another of our spiritual evenings on a Saturday night coming at you from the Paul Christian Spiritualist Church, Paul, down in Dorset. This is going to be a lively night. <laughs> we have got an absolutely wonderful lady uh, who was highly recommended, and <laughs> within 10 minutes of being recommended, she was booked. <laughs> And going to talk to us tonight about um, past life regression. We've had a number of uh, programs. I'm never quite sure what to call these things, programs or sh I don't like shows, but whatever, online experiences um, about reincarnation, which is always a very hotly debated topic. Slightly different angle tonight. Uh, Stacey Frost here is a past life regressionist. Stacey, a very good evening to you. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. Hope everybody's well. Uh, yeah, I'm Stacey Frost. Um, I'm a past life regression therapist and have been from about 2009. Um, also, a lot of you all know, and I'm also a um, spiritualist medium as well. I do things like colour therapy. Um, but past life has always been a bit of a passion of mine. And uh, as a youngster, it was just, I can't understand why everybody doesn't believe in it because it was very natural to me to think, well, everything goes in cycles, the water cycle, the weather cycle, everything dies and then gets reborn, why don't we? Was a little bit of a talking point in my household, because <laughs> I <laughs> felt like that, but it, it wasn't even the thing that I had any conversation, it was just there. So it must have been something ingrained from, a, from spirit from a very young age. <laughs> wonderful absolutely wonderful and we are seeing this coming out in generations as per our pre-broadcast talk there uh that is so wonderful to see in the generations that are coming out and coming into this world now that we're not saying they're mediums we're not saying they are all spiritualists but they are they are of a spiritual bent you know they have got this natural inclination and leaning towards environmental issues social issues, welfare issues, you know, so many things. Much more bigger awareness we're seeing coming into the world now through the younger generations, which is wonderful. But back to you. <laughs> Pass. Oh, what do you want to know? <laughs> Everything. If anyone, if anyone says, I was Elvis, I'm sorry, he's already been taken. <laughs> Even though I was born on the same day as Elvis... David Bowie and Stephen Hawking. So I'm in great company. Excellent. But, uh, Excellent. No, I mean, past life, um, as I say, we were talking earlier about there being a little bit of a resurgence with it at the moment, and it does go in like fits and starts. There are sometimes, oh, it does, it's not real and things like that. And then, you know, you get like these celebrities on the television, all of a sudden everybody wants to do it and have a go. Um, I say, I've always felt like that from a young age. I was very... Um, drawn to more eastern type of belief practices when I was younger because of that sort of reincarnation type of mind and um, and it just made so much logical sense to me it was just like well everything like I said goes in cycles so should we um, but I didn't really sort of get into it until um, probably about the early 2000s and uh, it's like I bought a book um, by Brian Weiss who is a great expert in the field of past life regression. And I was doing like a little meditation group with a couple of my friends. So I thought, oh, I've got this book at the charity shop. I'll do the past life regression bit at the end of it. 
And so we had the Hundred Years' War. Then we had somebody who was up. She said she reckoned she was my skivvy. She was my skivvy. Um, but it was even before that, because before I actually trained as a past life therapy practitioner, and I, what I did first, I actually did a clinical hypnotherapy diploma. So, um, and then I did the past life on the back of that, because it's very easy just to do a meditation, get past life stuff. But when you're actually dealing with people and their mind, the, it's the um, easiest thing to break is someone's mind if you don't do it properly. So I did a year um, of uh, clinical, and then I did my past life on the back so of that. And um, but it was actually from a past life experience dream I had. So not everybody has to have um, a a therapist to to sort of go through past life. You might have found you've had spontaneous ones through your life with a meditation or dream session um, where you wake up and feel, oh, this doesn't, this feels a bit. Um, strange doesn't feel like a normal dream but the one I had was actually um, I knew that I wasn't in this country I knew I wasn't in this era and it's left a lasting impression on me and I must have had it when must be nearly 20 odd years ago now and I had long dark hair I think my name was something like Sadie or Rebecca so it, uh, and I knew I was a Jewish young woman and I was in a shop and I had um, this child. And, and with past lives, it's like any dreams. Your mind, your subconscious, a bit like a jigsaw puzzle. So sometimes it might not be a clear picture, but you get little bits and pieces all put in and you have to sort of fill it up with, with the gaps. And um, I remember having um, looking across the road and there was, this will sound bizarre, but, but follow me with it. <laughs> There, I, I had a baby and it was given to my um, brother-in-law and he had a new wife and it was like, why have you got my baby? But it was weird. I felt like a sister or a sister-in-law to both him and the man I was married to. So then I've gone into uh, um, this little house that I'm in and it's all whitewashed walls, very, very sort of like two up, two down. In the, I remember a pram with a bright red blanket in the hallway, a little wooden staircase going up to the right, and a little front room at the back was like a little washroom. In the back of the room, my husband was there, tall, dark curly hair, and there was a man holding a gun to him. And it's like I sort of pushed it and ran out, and then I'm in a courtyard, like in like a square, and it's all cobbled, and it was... Because I felt like it was Austria, first of all, because it was all like the Watlandall type of buildings. And outside, there was like this inn, and there was this woman there with the blonde hair all rolled back. She was quite a comfortable build lady, all in grey, like this suit. And all these people were sitting outside, and they were watching what was going on, and they were smirking. And then I just remember being shoved and rounded up this group of people by these people with uh, men with sashes on. And I remember saying, I'm not Jewish. Boom, and I was out. Wow. Then I had um, a, a vision of going down into a sewer. And I saw a woman there with a headscarf on with these children. And I said, just go through the sewers, go through the sewers. And then I was sort of my modern day. I sprang to a modern day. You know when they have like um, a chat with old soldiers and things like that? So it was like a television show. And I'm sitting there. 
and uh, these two young men are sort of like having a chat to these people and they're laughing and I'm shouting, why are you laughing? It wasn't funny. It's like they couldn't see me. And I said, me, um, both me and my son were shot point blank in the head and boom, I woke up. Now, this is where it gets interesting because I didn't know exactly where I was. I thought, I've always had a strong affinity to France. My dad lives there now. But I didn't realise my grandfather, his grandmother, was French Jewish. And when I sort of got bits and pieces later on, Strasbourg was popped into my mind. And that was on the borders. And that part of it's like the Alsace region. It's very near to the German border and Austria. So the buildings would have been right. But in the Second World War, the Germans took over that region of Strasbourg. And it was like a bit of a, a fighting. They, they literally burnt all the synagogues to the ground. The other weird thing is, is that my son was born with a birthmark. And we'll get onto birthmarks a bit later on and with past lives. But he had a birthmark there and one there. All right, so yeah. I felt that that would be, if you're shot point blank in the head, it would have been there and out the back. Also, his dad is six foot four. My son's six foot four. My, son, my, third, my eldest son's father. He has a surname that comes from Germany. The weird thing was, the my husband now, who is old, white, and quite a big fella, I always felt like I'd had past lives with him somewhere because he was the one that sort of looked up, is now sort of looked after all my family. When I saw a photo of him when he was about 14, he was tall, skinny, with dark curly hair. And I thought, my God, that was you. That was you. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> so it, it's just all these little things that sort of piece together. Um, and it, it's just very, very bizarre. I mean, I, I can't say 100%, but there was too much what I call coincidence in a lot of the environment. But what I did, I actually went to the spiritual church in Hornsey. I was really new to the spiritualist churches then. And one of the ladies there was um, a Jewish lady that actually run the church. And I explained what had happened. And she said, in very old Jewish custom, if a husband had died the brother would take over the that would have the wife and the family so that's why i felt like a sister-in-law to both and she said also they used to go down the sewers to try and get away from the german army so that was my first wow. <laughs> introduction into into a past life and i i do you know what and i can still see it as clear as day now that's the difference between just a dream and something in like a near-death experience or a past life is that it's it's so um, focused in your mind that it is like it's like a memory. Yeah, <laughs> that that really is fascinating. Number one is the depth of uh, information with that. Uh, you, you're recalling it, and I will bet my bottom dollar as you're talking about it, you can actually see it still exactly yeah. as it was. Yeah. We had a guy on called Jamie Aylwood, who runs the Exeter Spiritualist Church. <coughs> Excuse me. And he did a talk on uh, past lives and near-death ex uh, experiences. Mm. And he actually said in there, as part because he's a very scientific approach to things, mm. uh, he said in there the very high incidence of people who have birthmarks now relating yeah. to a past life trauma. 
Well, I'll just read you a little bit because the first time um, I thought about the birthmarks, there was a lady called Sylvia Brown, who was a medium in America. She used to be on the Montel Williams show a lot. She, she was quite a brisk lady, put it that way. There was no <laughs> gentleness with her. She was quite direct, you know, yes, of the dead, you know, that type of thing. Someone used to ask her, yeah, they've died. But she, I had all her books and she did one on um, past life regression. And it was a friend of hers actually asked, could you, like a therapist, could you find out there's a correlation between birthmarks and death experience or past life experiences? So what she did after each hypnotherapy session, she would then say to the person, have you any birthmarks? And then they say, oh, yes, I've got this one here. And it was only after that, but apparently the Lancet also did a study in past life um, with birthmarks and said that the high amount of, um, because as I read this, this book here is called Return from Heaven by Carol Bohm. It's about children's past life. But it was weird how synchronicity, as I opened the page and at the bottom it says um, about sort of scientists have no explanation for what causes more than two thirds of all birthmarks and birth defects. Dr. Stevenson offers a theory that has evidence to back it up. I mean, uh, some are caused by injuries sustained in a past life. Um, and I think sometimes, and like, I've just got the feeling that if you have, see, I don't have any birthmarks. So even though my son does, and we say, for example, in the same experience at that lifetime, it might have been that I had closure with it where he didn't because he was a child. Where as an adult, I had more closure. So I think sometimes if um, it's just a theory of mine, if you say, for example, um, and it doesn't always just have to be birthmarks, it can be issues you have, like if you have a fear of um, going underwater, uh, if you have a fear of fire, a lot of phobias also come from those past lives because it's something that's in our cellular memory and it yeah. comes through and it's not until you unlock it that you realise actually, and that, um, oh, I can understand that, then you can release it. But yeah, uh, I mean, my son has one, um, Mitchell, my eldest son, it was bizarre because when he was a baby, um, he didn't have any, well, apart from the birthmark here and here, he didn't have any other marks. But as he got a bit older, he had like, um, looked like a burn mark across his stomach. My other son looks like he's got an arrow mark in his ribs. So I do think that... Um, you know, there are going to be times where some might be logical, some might be illogical. We don't know where they come from. But if you have a past life experience and then you look at where your birthmarks are or what phobias or, or worries you have, sometimes it does. Ah, the penny drops. Interesting. Well, yeah, that is very, very interesting. That's taking it, <clears throat> as I've just said and quoted, these birthmarks related to past life so there is that other level of investigation uh that is an option there to uh, find out more <clears throat> take these people through these regressions and see if there is that linkage between the two yeah so you know um out hands up with a reincarnation topic at the beginning of last year when we started going online there was quite a few talks on reincarnation mm -hmm. and i i am a bit not skeptical i just view it slightly differently and i, I was a little bit wary when it comes to reincarnation this is based totally on 
my experiences of uh, my bad experiences with people where they've tried to explain or do a regression and it's just been apparently uh, I was in a red uniform in the forest because I'd run away from a battle and I got eaten by a tiger and I just looked at this woman I went well that would explain my fear of tigers then you know I'm just like this is rubbish however (laughs) however (laughs) i had a very bizarre phobia when i was a kid i could not stand any wood anywhere near my mouth anything ice lollies cocktail sticks i'm I'm quite a roughy tufty person you know and it's not often i say i can't and i could not it just sent shivers through me A medium once was working on platform and she gave me a message and right at the end she went, they're just talking about a past life with you. They said you were a knight and you were in a jousting uh, match. And she said, and the the pole hit you right in the mouth. And I went, do you know what? That made perfect sense. Mm. And from then on, that fear had gone. Yeah, this is it with Brian Weiss because um, I also had one. Um, I've got, um, I've had part of my thyroid removed, and I've always had problems with my throat area. But in a past life, I did. Uh, it was a meditation. I actually went into a pyramid, and then I was asked right to just pick a door. And as I was standing there, I felt my whole energy just fly towards this door, and I was like, "Whoa, calm down!" And as I opened the door, I was a centurion. And what it was, I was one of the ones that sort of like, you know, with the old Christians. Sorry, this is why I'm back as a Christian spiritualist now. <laughs> and uh, what it was, I don't think I was around so much the time of Jesus in that. I think it was years after, but I think the teachings where we started to get to Christianity was coming about. And I was looking at what I was doing and I was doubting it, how I was treating these people. But one of my friends realized what was going had been ordered to kill me and i now had a wife and two children and literally i just had a sword straight through my throat um and so that's why i mean i think that with the the problems with the throat um what i'd say to anybody is with past life and brian why said this as well and uh, it's not about the um if you believe in all the past lives Remember, your subconscious will give you what you need to know at the time. So sometimes if it's too painful or you don't need to know it at the moment, it will block it out. Like with any clinical hypnotherapy, your subconscious is there as a tool for fight or flight survival. But when you sort of do sort of come to that realisation, you know that it doesn't matter if you think, oh, is it, was I there, was I not? If the healing is adequate, it's the healing that matters, not how you got there. So with Brian Weiss, I mean, he um, was a fantastic man. So I went to see him a few years ago, and it was just an amazing. He didn't even believe in past lives. He used to do clinical therapies. He worked in the university, and um, he used, you know, he used to do like um, psychiatry and things like that. And his life turned around when he had a client that was actually working in the building and she had all these phobias about sort of 40 50 different phobias and the the guys in the college said or university said look could you try and help her well she's been everywhere she's just in a right state so he did so he wasn't getting anywhere with clinical sort of um analysis he said should we try some hypnotherapy all right then she says she then proceeded to give him a detailed description of her, his son's 
heart condition that nobody knew about. And then after that, she started talking in Aramaic, which is obviously the ancient language um, in Israel and things like that. And um, from then on, he was a little bit, he couldn't take her out of her. He was a little bit stunned. So what he did, he actually worked with her for a long time. And that's what one of his books is about. I think her name was Catherine. And one after the other, every session with everything that came up, I think there was a fear of drowning, um, fear of fire. Every time she went under and they did this, another one went because she mm. must have had so much cellular memory held in. And there, but the thing, it didn't matter how she got to the end, is that he he didn't believe it at all, he just kept going with it. And then he wrote a book about it and thought, oh my God, that's it, my career's over. And it actually made the bestseller list. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. So, Brian Weiss is, is, the, is um, you know, the, the man to read if you're going to start doing that. But I have actually read experiments as well. So it's not just about, um, re you know, when you read people's stories, and also children, because... With children, they don't have the clouded mindset that we do. And I was saying to you earlier, wasn't I, um, about my daughter when she was three years old. And, uh, and I said to you that I don't, I've never put anything of my spiritualism on her, on any of my children. It's their job to sort of find it if they want to do that themselves. And when she was three, oh, she was feeding her dolly. She said, oh, did you used to do this to me, mummy? So I said, yes, when you was a baby, she said, oh. And my other mummy... And I said, oh, your other mummy. So she said, yeah, Rose. I said, well, what happened to Rose? Rose hurt her leg and died. Then I got you. <laughs> <laughs> but she's never remembered it since because she was only about two and a half, three years old. Yeah. But that is because there's nothing clouding their minds. And, um, you know, and I think um, as a, a therapy, uh, Lizanne, it was Brian Weiss and it's W. There we go. I'll show you one of his books. That way. Okay. It's through time into healing, same soul, many bodies. He's written lots and lots of books on the subject. Through time into healing. Um, and the other one, if you want to do some research, and I and like Laurie, I'm also very much into um, uh, the science of things as well. Because I think you must test things. You mustn't just go along and just say, oh, yeah, that's, that's right. You must go and have a mind of, I need to test this. Um, so you know you've got the right therapist and you're doing it in the right way. The other one is Michael Newton, and he does case studies of life between past lives as well. And he's done lots of other books. So that's like a scientific sort of study as well. Excuse me, I'm, I'm just furiously yes, <laughs> doing my famous one-finger typing. <laughs> so... <clears throat> Tell me, for those of us that lots of comments, and thank you so much, everybody, for being so active tonight. And there are a few questions as well, which we will get round to. Uh, for the complete novice, what would I expect? I, I, I would come to you, um, I can't say now, but when we're allowed, <laughs> for past life regression. What, what would I expect? It's really a bit like hypnotherapy or meditation. I'm very much... Um, I'm not the sort of person that blows people's minds away with science. I try to keep it at grassroots level because I think with any modality, you need to be able so everyone can understand it, that it doesn't seem sort of too hokey pokey. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, it's got to feel that it's grounded. One, make sure that you get somebody who knows what they're doing 
like I explained to Laurie earlier, I've got clinical hypnotherapy background. So I did that first before I then did the um, past life. Some people just have it spontaneously um, in meditation. A lot of you, if you do meditation, you might have had um, in circle and things like that, or you might have done a past life meditation. That's fine because, you you know, it's a very light. Obviously, when I do a, um, say, a therapy session, I won't do one over the Internet um, because if you have an ab reaction or you get upset, I'm not there to help you. So if you're going to have a proper session, I know some people do it over the Internet. And that's fine if that's what you choose. But for me, I prefer to see you so I can monitor you, know what, what we're up against. Um, it would be very much we have a chat first. So for two hours, that's how long your session lasts. You'd have a little chat first. We do the, um, the form to make sure that I've got all your details, because remember, we are doing a therapy. So it'd be about confidentiality. If you've got any health issues, if you're on any medication and you cannot be drinking or on drugs when you go, because, again, it's a therapy. Um, then when we've had a little chat and I can get to know you a little bit, I explain a bit about it. And all it is is about relaxing. It doesn't matter if you come because you're just all curious about who you was. Like I said, Elvis has already been taken. So <laughs> most of us are Joe Blogs. They are. We are. Most of us are Joe Blogs. Um, so but what it is very helpful with is that if you have um, sometimes people don't even realize they've got issues when they come in. It's for curiosity. So I remember I had a, um, a builder coming, well, a big sort of like builder lorry driver type guy. He said, oh, my mum's interested in this. So I thought I'd have a go. All right, then. So he started going on about how um, he wasn't a particularly good man in his previous life. And he'd actually been hung at the gallows. But afterwards, I always leave a section to talk. So about 20 minutes after session is where I reground you, let you have a walk about. I take a copy of the notes as well so that although I don't record it because sometimes I get interference or if somebody's talking very quietly, doesn't pick it up. So I literally write word for word what you, you say and we go over it afterwards and you can take that home with you. But he said to me, oh, I've got sleep apnea. Because well, obviously sleep apnea is where mm -hmm. you stop breathing so it's those type of things that it can help with but it's really much like if you were going to a hypnotherapist or anyone doing relaxation i don't really want you to be comatose you're always in control at like any hypnotherapy session you're in control those sort of um suggestions are put there that you know if you, you feel that we go to a special place so like a lot of meditations that's the same thing um, it follows a pattern of like a deepener where you, you start to do the relaxing. So do pro uh, progressive muscle relaxation. Um, and then you go down and then we start doing the deepener further down. And it's just about relaxing your mind. That's why I like to do it one-to-one -one because if you have a block where say your sub subconscious goes, oh, I can't go there. The therapist needs to be able to get you back out of that block and just relax you again to go back down. Um, I have to also be mindful of where you're going. So sometimes I can actually link in and follow you where you are going. The main thing is, is that you are not, it, it comes from you. With clinical hypnotherapy, I would be giving up suggestions. So like for quit smoking or things like that. With past life regression, I have to ask open questions. Look what's on your feet, look up, scan up your body. What are you wearing? Are you inside or are you outside? I can't put 
those thoughts in your head, they have to come from you. Yeah. yeah because otherwise, that. my suggestion could be yours. So that's why you have to be very mindful when you do a past self regression that of, of how your wording comes about, that you don't assume they're in a certain place. Once you start talking and expanding, so I'll say, how are you feeling? What can you see around you? If you get stuck, it's like, well, have a little walk about. It's easy. And this is a great tip for meditation as well. If you're doing any visualization, never, if you try to say, see an orange vase, most people will think, oh, I'm trying to visualize an orange vase. If I say to you, right, there's an orange vase on the table, walk around, touch it, what else is in the room? Your mind starts to relax and you're more likely to get a description. So I just put in the thought of, where are you? How are you feeling? And then you or the person I'm working with will just start to fill in the gaps of, oh, yeah. And that's, and I think, um, and also from a clinical point of view, because I do do regression, you have to be mindful as well when you go to a therapist. Not everybody is going to be regressed to a past life. I always go with what your subconscious needs to know now, what's in your life now that needs to be resolved. Because there's no point in going to a past life. If, oh yeah, that's interesting. If you can go to a past life and it helps you in some way move forward from an issue, then you're getting a double whammy. You're getting that. And you might go to more than one at that particular time. But I did have a gentleman who'd lost his wife and I had to, to sort of um, sort of say to him about grief therapy because he kept regressing into the, the life with his wife and he wanted a past life. And I had to be honest with him saying, look, it's because you're, you had such a good life with her that you can't go to a past life because this might be your last one. Everything's okay. So, you know, maybe you should see a grief counsellor if it's still on your mind. And that's what I'm saying. The difference between somebody who just said, oh, yeah, I'm going to do a past life meditation with you and someone that knows what they're doing. Remember, your minds take a long time to get to a place of confidence, but they're the, heart, they're the easiest thing to break if you have someone that doesn't know what they're doing. So yeah. relaxation and trust is the key. You have to trust the therapist as well and feel comfortable. That is so wise words. I do love the part where you said about you won't do this online. Uh, we are seeing some of the more deeper esoteric arts being practiced online. We all have our own choice. We all have our own understanding. For me personally, uh, it was not something I would enter into because you are dealing on a very deep level yeah. and at the end of the day you're sat there on your own on your own so yeah That's really right. good exactly right and also you cannot control if their dog or cat comes in if the telephone rings the doorbell yeah. goes and i said to people this is why the cabin where i'm in now um it is there's no t um, television in here there's no um phone in here i've had to even get an infranet cable so i could get wi-fi out here <laughs> <laughs> so i'm not disturbed indoors um so it's just uh really about being mindful that yeah there's some great therapists out there but like anything if you're investing in yourself if you went to a nail bar and they didn't do a good job you wouldn't go back again but that's just your nails this is your mind mm. you're dealing with. And yeah. you know yourself, if, if you, we all have it, haven't we? Sometimes in our mind, we get a little, little thought and we can't get rid of it. If you're left alone without somebody to help guide you through it and comfort you and just say, no, this is fine, explain it. Invest in somebody that's going to be good 
or that you know from word of mouth that he's going to have the ethics because I do the same with my mediumship as well for me it's about ethics is that we are here we have a responsibility to people whatever modality we're doing that we're confidential that they feel they can trust us that we are respectful of the client and that we know our stuff and um you know and not just be flippant about and, and i know that some people do sort of like a course might be sort of 20 quid a weekend i'm past our therapist i spent a year doing hypnotherapy 50 hours of client work just to do the groundwork before i did past life so you know you've got to make sure that whatever you know therapist or, or whatever modality you go into to try and find someone that you know you're going to gel with and that you feel that comfortable with yeah hugely true thank you thank you so nice to hear that professional approach to anything that we do yeah. uh it is that level of professionalism honesty you do like you mentioned there you know do a quick five minute course and you automatically get your certificate at the end of it regardless um it does open up the door you know because you do see sadly as you do with mediumship as you do with healing as you do with any of the esoteric arts you do see cases of literally what you could term as a malpractice thing because they're just pandering to the ego yeah you know um the session that i talked about it was a group thing and obviously because i was quite outspoken me <laughs> never <No. laughs> that's what i was eaten by a tiger uh but I, I, <laughs> but I did notice a couple of people in the room you know they were they were royalty and i just thought oh, gosh this is awful this is really awful this is just totally um pandering to egos here of everybody involved of the person and the people receiving it but it's refreshing and I do know Fiona Parry Dodd who's in today she's also a clinical hypnotician and she does wonderful healing uh, in other areas so yeah we, we are beginning to see this sort of like fifth element coming in now between uh, science and spirituality and I will quote again Jamie Aylward. Uh, he produces graph of searches for research notes with the word spirituality in it. And he showed it over like a 10-year period. And it started off like two or three up until 2019, where there was something like 17,000. So it is begin. you know, people are actually going, well, actually, I can't explain it with this test tube. So I need something else to come in there. I think it's great because we've got um, a real sort of upturn in the in the spiritualist movement and people connecting in. Like you said earlier, we don't have to all be mediums. We don't all have to be healers in 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 a may energy way. But anybody now with with the um, sort of the planetary thing I was saying earlier about my daughter who came in was very shy. We didn't want to come and say hello, did no. you? Um, but uh, that was the one who had the, the past life experience and, uh, and her imaginary friends. But um, she's very conscious because I am about the planet, about waste, about using um, sort of, you know, non-tested on animal products. You can't do the whole thing in one go. Sometimes it's little steps will get you the best result. Yeah. And I think the same with spirituality is that sometimes it's such a big field You've got crystal healing, Reiki, spiritual healing. You, can, I mean, some of the therapies I've looked online, I'm thinking, 
one, I can't pronounce it. <laughs> and two, what on earth is it? But really, it all comes from the same place, which is with spirit universe and the energetic source that is all within us. We're all beings of light. That's scientifically yeah. proven. We're all beings of light. So we're all, all connected on that. But it's so wonderful to see that youngsters are coming in. They're more ecologically friendly. Um, they're thinking more about their environment. Um, I don't know how they'd be if you say, like, the Wi-Fi is going down. That might freak them out a bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, no Wi-Fi. Ah! <laughs> I'll save the planet if only we have the Wi-Fi. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's things like even change, you know, my daughter, you know, we're changing to bamboo, pad, um, like cotton pads instead of cotton pads. And um, I use a bamboo toothbrush, I use non-fluor toothpaste, things like that. So you're thinking about um, the wider thing. And that also is a healing modality because you're healing the world. You're trying yeah. to, if everybody did a little bit rather than one person or two people doing a lot, we could make such a difference um, but the, the problem is, is that when it's such a vast topic, like with spiritualism and, and, and this sort of thing, it can be a bit overwhelming. And it is, you have a bit of an epiphany. When I first sort of realised that I wasn't um, a complete and utter weirdo, <laughs> <laughs> like I was classed at school, um, and it was like, when I started getting to, I didn't know where to go first. Buddhism, do I do, I do that? Do I do some chanting? Do I talk about the angels? Do I do, um, you know, and, and and it was just a minefield of information of what I can do. Um, and so in the end, you sort of get a bit bamboozled by it. And that's when I think when you, um, with some people I've noticed have done course after course after course. I do this, I do that. But it's like, you know, like jack of all trades, master of none. Yeah. Start at the beginning. Start somewhere you know you can go. And I think before you start working with anybody else, you have to know yourself first. Yeah. Am I in the right place? Because if you're not in the right mindset and place in yourself, you're not going to be a great counsellor or something to somebody else. Not that you couldn't do it, but it might be ego-led or transference-led rather than you being in a good place. Um, and I always say... The word self-centered is very misleading. It doesn't mean selfish. It means centers of self, knowing thyself. So before you start your spiritual journey and wondering what you can learn, start with practices on the mindfulness and the mind-body connection of yourself first. Then you'll just be away. But it is, I want to make sure that the, the people that come into it, especially our youngsters, have quality of teaching, not just quantity of what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah, big round of applause there, definitely. Um, in my, I, I don't want to say career, but in my time working more actively within spiritualism, um, you, you come across some absolutely beautiful people. You can see they've found their gift and they're following their gift. They might have to struggle with their gift, and that's fine. It's all part of development. And then also you do see some people, like you just said, do this course, do that course, do this course, do that course. And you just think, you know, you, you, it's, it's not about be. If you see a great orator on a subject, uh, yourself tonight on past life regression, it's this thing, oh, I, I've, I've got to be that, mm. you know. And it's not, it's not about being somebody else. It's about being you. That's right. Yeah, no. And I think every therapist, you'll find the right one for you. And I've actually turned people away because I always say to spirit, I want the people that need it, not just the ones that want it. 
Yeah. And there are some people that message me, I want this, and um, and I, I, I do hate texting people. I was brought up in a very office sort of background with, you know, if you're a professional, you write things properly. Now I get, how much is it for a session? <laughs> Thinking, is that the one at night I do, or is it the past life you're after? <laughs> <laughs> Different type of healing. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. And um, I might make more money, but... Uh, <laughs> or maybe not, I don't know. But... Uh, <laughs> I've got a lot of yeah, uh, please get back on track because otherwise I'm going to come out with my joke and it's really in, inappropriate. No, I don't know. It must be what I was in a past life. That's all I can say. Then, <laughs> um, but no, you, you just got to be very mindful of who you choose, and um, you know, you're you're. You owe it to yourselves. Everybody's been on this planet to to be happy and in a good place. Spirit are there to help guide us. We're we're not meant to have. Uh, I think we're given these lives of problems, like a school here, so that we can navigate our way through it to to a better ending or a better understanding. And it's how you do that. And if you feel that you love yourself and you feel worthy, then get the best you can you can do. Um, and you don't have to always go to therapists to do that. There are some great books out there and tools online as well, where you can start slowly with yourself and then build up, you know? Yeah, indeed. Very good advice. Um, a lot of questions coming in here. So one, the lovely Jamie Williamson. Where are you, sir? Jamie always asks really good questions. <laughs> Is that about the parallel lives? No? No, we're uh, coming up to that. Right, Don't worry. Right. That's not being skipped over. <laughs> I was just trying to, I was, my brain was working there. Um, so, you could, they could be. When we talk about our guides and the higher self, do you think that these may be in fact persons have formalised? I think it's a bit of, I think it can be like a, a blended thing, actually, Jamie, because we're all energy. And the way I look at it, when I see or imagine the sort of spirit world or universal energy, it's like that sort of, I see it's sort of like a, a sphere of light and, and probably a bit like neurons firing in the brain. It's all in connected and going off in different directions. So remember, we have that connection to spirit and but also our higher self. If we think we're like a the iceberg, but it's in reverse. So the tip of the iceberg is just the part of our soul that's within and our, and our personality. And then the inverted uh, iceberg is up there with everything else because i don't think our physical could actually contain that much knowledge so i do think sometimes that when you do talk to your higher self and your guides they could be from a personality from past lives because also as well when you think about um energy it doesn't just have to be one solid thing you can there has been stories of people sort of with bilocation that's what i was talking about like with the parallel lives is that sometimes that if you have um uh, an energy that is not say like we, we talk about soulmates or kindred spirits that like to, or you know two souls that are split into one and they go off on their different journeys because our energy isn't solid it can be anywhere and that's the thing isn't it like they say god is everywhere then why can't we be everywhere and we are part of god because we are one with the creator yeah so yeah it, it is possible i can i can only say it's possible <laughs> 
because it's about what your truth is as well, what you feel is right. And remember, what is right for you might not be right for someone else. So it's not for anybody to say you should think like that or that is the right information. It's for you what resonates with you. But it's absolutely could be. Yeah. So I hope that's answered your question. No, that that is very, very true. I have, um, again, was I saying... <clears throat> where we've had so many different talks and the one thing about reincarnation, the thought I had of when some of these lies are being remembered, are they actually pertaining to us as an individual or is it part of the soul group memory? Um, it, it, well, it can be, I mean, the idea we have a soul group um, in spirit. So the idea is that um, we have like what we call a cluster group so for people that are um, in our sort of immediate friends and family, the ones we're close to, they're the ones we work with the most. And then they come and sort of like help us choose how they're going to be um, helping us, for example, in this life. So when I talked about Sylvia Brown earlier on, and she did a past life regression with a lady that um, she had married a, a uh, only child and this son was like the, the apple of his mother's eye, but she could not get on with her mother-in-law. It didn't matter how hard she tried, it wouldn't work. So when um, they did the past life regression, she actually spoke to her soul, even though she hadn't passed, she was still here. And she said, we made a pact, we're actually good friends in spirit, but we made a pact to learn, you had to learn tolerance. So when she saw her mother-in-law again, she used to give her a hug and wind her up <laughs> because it was like she understood that she's actually doing me a favour. She's trying to teach me tolerance and understanding. So this is why sometimes in our soul groups, um, you can get information from them. Um, sometimes with the past lives, it's, as I said before, it's like a jigsaw puzzle. You will have maybe a thread of information. You'll put things together. It's like with me when I talked about the one in, in Strasbourg. I didn't know it was Strasbourg, first of all, until I sort of put the pieces together or they and they fell into place. But you won't always know if it's 100%. But you can revisit some of these time and time again and see if you get some more information. So it's, it's really sort of how you, I think, because, again, with the energy, you can have them communicating with you in your soul group. Remember, your soul group is also probably with you on the earth plane at that time. Yeah. <laughs> so... It, you know, and it's, uh, I can say, I'd love to be able to say 100%. Yes, I can remember it and I'm back in spirit and they can tell me everything. But it is the sod's law of this journey that a lot of the time we forget. <laughs> and we have to research it all again. But I, I think that's the most invaluable lesson because yeah, we've all got questions. Uh, but a lot of the answers are things we've got to actually experience and find out for ourselves. You know, nobody's going to give you that definitive answer. Uh, everything in... The, we are spirits experiencing this physical life and this physical time. And everything that we do is a journey. You know, from toddlers learning how to walk, how to talk, how to eat, how to communicate, how to be into our adult life and then into our spiritual lives as well you know nobody's going to say all oh, right well if you do this meditation you are going to link into this archangel and you'll be able to give these messages to that people it's sort of like to me that defeats the object because it's not a, a mental process it's a holistic process and you've yeah, got to journey 
Yeah, yeah. exactly right. I mean, uh, one of the um, the nicest sort of healing modalities I had, I actually did a sweat lodge a few years ago for shamanic. And that was uh, that was a wonderful experience. And it was thundering and lightning at the time, but it was hot and they were drumming outside and the release was just amazing. So it's what you you will start on, on a certain point of, right, OK, I'd like to learn this. But remember, you, if you try and cram it all in, you'll just get confused and you might sort of think, oh, I can't do any of this. Just small steps along the way, um, because then you'll take stuff in. And sometimes I've read books um, that made sense when I first started out that absolutely don't resonate with me anymore and vice versa. Yeah. So, but you have to put the work in because we're a very instant society these days. Everyone wants it now. And some of my friends actually are clinical therapists where they've done counseling and psychotherapy have actually come away from it because clients are going in saying, well, oh, if, if you can't fix it in two weeks and you're rubbish, so they've come away from it because they don't realize the work comes from you. We are only here to just sit and guide you, but your healing only ever comes from you. The intention that you want to change, the intention you want to find out, and the tension you want to heal. Because otherwise, it's like it could say, yeah, well, I'm going to heal you. But if you don't want it, it won't happen. Um, so, yeah, you have to be prepared to put a little bit of work in. It's not going to be an overnight thing, but just enjoy it one step at a time because otherwise you're going to get yourself bamboozled and, and you'll find where you started out. I mean, when I first went to a medium many, many years ago, she said, oh, you're going to be on platform. I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, I could never do that. But it happened. <laughs> yeah. And here yeah. I am now. <laughs> yeah. Talking about past lives. <laughs> Just comment here from lovely Sue Townsend. She's saying, this is interesting confirmation, Stacey. I also had conversations with someone where we could describe the locations in more than one lifetime and also recognition of people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very true. I mean, sometimes it's up because, you, and also it comes with that little deja vu feeling as well. Yeah. Like my husband and I, even though... Um, when I was talking about synchronicity with Thunders the other day, and was saying about how my husband and I, um, our paths crossed um, too early. So it was only later on that we got together. But the funny thing was, we both had a um, deja vu experience in exactly the same place, which was Waltham Abbey in Hertfordshire. And um, he just went and I thought, oh, and I did it many years beforehand. So that was quite bizarre. So I think if you've got in your soul cluster group, and you've got uh, maybe something's quite close to you, Sue, and then they come into your life. And I think all it is is just to reaffirm that you're on the right path. Yeah. It's like a little, little nudge every now and again. Yep, yeah, you're doing it right. Yep, yeah, I feel the same way. And say so my friend Chris was telling me the other day about her and her and a friend always used to turn up for work in the same clothing. And I think it's like that. It's, yep, yeah, you're on the right path. And so you know these little sort of hints along the way. You're, 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 you're where you're meant to be. Yeah. And it's also remembering the the validation it gives to you is reciprocated to the other person. It's not a one-way yeah. exchange of no, energies. This is a blending of energies. Mm. Lovely comment here from Pam Garland. And she's just saying she experienced a spontaneous regression during Reiki attunement. Mm. I wouldn't want to actively seek it, but if it just occurs, then take this as valid. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, I mean, I when I did my Reiki attunement, 
I was expecting all this wonderful thing to happen and nothing happened. (laughs) (laughs) But the weird thing is, although I'm a Reiki tune too, I've never really been called to do Reiki. So obviously I did it because I thought, oh, healing, that's another modality. But spirit were like, no, that's not your pathway. So they just never brought anyone into my field to do it. But obviously if you've had that, it's you if you've opened up enough that something's happened spontaneously like that and that does happen quite a lot with people doing meditation or you know you're going to bed and all of a sudden you can feel yourself in you know with a different personality you know in your heart your whole soul resonates that that is right so just like you're right just go with it and this is so true because we find this in many of the esoteric practices that people go into something exactly a very similar experience for you uh with reiki one and two except my attunement on reiki two when i left there halfway home i was so sick physically sick and it was i don't want to go into too much detail but it was a cleansing and i must admit after that i I don't know what you mean (laughs) after that i just thought bugger reiki i'm not going back there again But, it works on an emotional level as well. Oh, right. So when, when you attune someone, it's like when you do the um, the second symbol, which is emotional release, um, that also can have a similar effect on people. That's why I have a toilet in my cabin. Because <laughs> <laughs> when I have done Reiki before, it, it's not very often, but with any therapy, even with, with the hypnotherapy past life, you know that sometimes um, as the energy shifting around the body, you need to you know to to clear that so that's that's yeah. why but uh, i think there was a comment on there as well from barbara about what resources would you recommend for people who want to explore this more themselves i'll just say get some books brian weiss michael newton uh, what laurie's put on here they're very great places to start start reading what you can see if it resonates with you first before you go and do it um and then when you are ready go and find a really good therapist um, I'm part of the Past Life Therapists Association, um, so that there's lots online that might be in your area that you can get recommendations for. But always read, and if it doesn't feel like it's right for you, then it's not right for you, because it might be something else that, that works for you instead. Indeed, yeah. And a similar vein, we were talking about the Reiki there. Don't forget, everybody, anything that you, you piques your curiosity, don't sort of like pin your flag on that that could just be the key to start opening the door you know you might go into it and just think actually no but once you start opening up to spirit you know you you're going to realize your potentials and often your potentials are not what you want but they most certainly will be what you need and what you're capable of doing it my reiki experience was because i wanted to be a healer uh mm. and then through reiki too i just people were coming up and talking to me and i'm like mm, this ain't right <laughs> well, i did something similar i did the monai k which is um it's part of a shamanic process with journeying and after paying 150 quid out i laid there and thought this is money for a rope <laughs> maybe it's because the therapist wasn't right for me i don't know um, because that's what I'm saying, because um, I'd had um, shamanic healing from him, which was really lovely. But then the first call was, oh, would you like to come do my course? So, again, that's asking me to then invest, but really without me absorbing what I was having first. I need yeah. to do the healing first. 
Um, so it didn't really work for me um, in that respect. The shamanic, when I did the sweat lodge, was totally different. But one thing I would say about um, if you do have past lives and things or you've been investigating it, it does give us a wider understanding of how we treat other people. Yeah. Because the one thing I would say to you to learn from it is that instead of just being in the physical, we are, we start talking to people's emotions. Like you might have, um, it, for example, like when we've been in lots of, say, uh, relationships that haven't worked and we think, oh, why hasn't this worked? Maybe it's because that sort of karmic thing in the past life, you are like, well, you've got to deal with this first. That's my excuse for having hus three husbands anyway. Um, <laughs> is I've got to work through my karma, you know. Hold, hold on. Jailer, I was well happy. <laughs> Just a second. You might have been their karma. Have you ever thought about that? Well, that's, <laughs> it. that's the other thing. Because I th we forget that when we are doing any of the, um, these sorts of things, in life, you're also a catalyst for somebody else's change not yep. just they are the catalyst for yours. So when you have these challenges, it might not work out. Because remember, your greatest teacher is the one that challenges the most. Yeah. All right? And so in, in your soul cluster groups, you will work out, and I keep trying to think of my ex-husband, <laughs> thinking, I love you really because you helped give me a great son, and I love you really because you helped make me strong. It, it's not easy because mm. when you're carrying a lot of hurt from somebody else, but you know what? I don't want that baggage in my life. It's taken me a long time. I don't want it because all it does, it drags you down. They still have control, but they at some point would have had a chat with you in spirit and said, right, I'm going to behave this way and then I'm going to see how you deal with it. And then it might be, well, you also need to learn that you can't have everything you want and you can't be so controlling. So yeah. you are going to lose me because of it. It's very difficult in situations that people have had a lot of tragedy, especially with youngsters or miscarriages and things like that. Because our first thing is, oh, that, sh that shouldn't have happened. And that's an awful thing to happen. And why would any God and that do that? Yeah. But remember, that soul's growth. If you imagine a child that's on the earth plane for just a small amount of time, there are some people in life that can live 90 years and have never lived. They've never shown compassion. They've never really been loved. And you've got somebody that might touch earth plane for a short amount of time who is the pride and joy of life. So we can all learn something, even from the briefest of moments. It is hard. I'm not saying it's not. But when you do these sort of things in the past life, that's what I found the most helpful is that the things that I'd had challenges in my life I sort of looked from a different perspective and understood that these people aren't doing this to me just because they want to be horrible they're doing this to me because at some level I have to learn and at some level I have to forgive yeah that you know? that is really interesting going slightly off topic and just for a moment yeah. uh today somebody posted in one of the groups talking about uh, why is there so much negative energy around and, you know, why is the positive energy stepping back? And I did think, well, actually, to me, energy is energy. It's what you do with it. You yeah. know, uh, today, for example, here in Paul, very good, uh, in our pre-going-on-air talk, you said it's raining. I went, oh, it's raining. You said, yeah, but the garden needs it. And I, I acknowledged that as well because, yes, the garden needs it. So... Is that one energy 
Mm. It's just the mindset and the understanding yeah. and the belief system that formulates yeah, it's all about it. Perspective. All Very about much. perspective. And, um, you know, I think when you change, you flip that round on its head, you start to look at things in a different way. And remember, the mind and your connection is such a powerful thing. So it doesn't have to be past life. That's only one way of, of getting to issues. But even just your mindset in the morning of, do you know what? I'm going to set my intention for a great day. I'm, this is going to happen. I'm going. Yeah. And but what it ha what happens is, like you said, energy is energy. There is no such thing as bad energy because we have to have a yin and yang. We don't know happiness until we've experienced sadness. We don't know poverty or you know a wealth until we've experienced poverty. So it's all the same side of a coin or different sides of a coin. Um, so if you can sort of look at it and say, actually, it gives you more depth into yourself. That those soul cluster groups are there to help you that they're you know they're and a lot of us have had a lot of challenges <laughs> it's not easy but the comfort you get from saying ah i know well my mother-in-law's a bit of a moo bag it's because she loves me really <laughs> and she's testing me but it makes you sort of smile in a way because you're thinking well when you've got that in you you get a bit of a mischievous brain then this i think a <laughs> couple of comments uh, from Tony Coswell there and from scrolling up furiously, Luanne Carter. Uh, different stories, but they raise a very similar point, which I absolutely love. They're both relaying past life experiences and they're both saying the same thing, that they remember every detail. They remember yeah. everything with total clarity. Yeah. And I've always said that, you know, you know when you have a true spiritual moment because you can recall it at just, yeah. just a wish and it's there, yeah. you know. And if I, I'm a, I can't remember what I had for breakfast. I don't think I even had breakfast, but, you know. <laughs> but I can remember certain salient points of working with spirit yeah. and going, yeah, it's there. It's, it's that's right. comes alive. The thing is, the past life I had uh, the first one with in in Germany or in France or so on the borders of, I didn't write that down, and I can remember it as clear as day. There's other ones I had as well because sometimes <clears throat> if I do a meditation, I think right, okay. Um, sometimes I feel like, why do I feel like I'm on my own sometimes? Because I think we've all felt loneliness before, and like we felt mm. a little bit, especially spiritual people. I think we might have been in where we feel a bit like a square peg from a childhood. And uh, I remember being in a, um, in sort of like a, I don't know if it's like an Inca and Amazon type of setting. And I was taller than everybody else, but I was the best runner and hunter. But I was strange to them because I looked so different, but they kept me around because I provided for them. So it's just like... It's like little things like that. And the other one was, um, I, I can't stand my head being underwater. So I, there's me thinking that's because you drowned as a witch. Even places, I'm not far from Colchester. I'm sorry if anyone lives there, but I hate it. I can't bear to go near the place. I've done investigations there and I can't stand it because the witch finder general used to live there and was around that part of Essex. But um, but the, the water going over my face, and then I had a spontaneous, um, again, in dream, because I think that's the only time they get a word in edgeways, honestly. <laughs> and <laughs> I'll be honest, it's a gift, it's a gift. And um, I remember sort of walking over this bridge as a male, 
and seeing these three that look like musketeers come forward with the with the with the feathers in and things, and they were ha they were sort of having a bit of a or laughing at me, and I said, "Don't you know who I am? I'm Captain James Hume, and I drowned or something." And I actually came up with a name, but it was it, but the, this is how the, like, it pieces together. The French, it was something to do with, with France. So I have got it written down. I've tried to find it, and I've, I've had a 20 years of dream diary. So I couldn't find it before <laughs> I came out here. Because like I say, 20 years I've been writing this stuff down. But what it was, I think it was um, Captain James Hume, was um, his son sort of thrown overboard of a ship. There was a dispute. I think something with the French. And, uh, yeah, and I was overboard, and I think that's where my fear of water came from drowning. Um, but that was, again, another spontaneous one. Some are, um, I remember, I remember the feeling of it, but and because they're very small, but the one I had in, in, in France was so long and, and it was very clear all the way through. Um, so you might get snippets of things and then sometimes you have to piece them together afterwards. Yeah. I could carry on talking all night because you touch on <laughs> so many topics tonight. Um, the shamanic side, I had no knowledge of shamanism back in early 2019. And now it's happened twice where I've gone to meditate in circle. I've, I've just tripped off on a shamanic journey. Totally yeah. not, you know, I've not, I've, okay, I'm going to do the shaman thing tonight. It just mm -hmm. happened. And it wasn't until I was like sort of getting into it. I thought, oh, it's a shamanic. Oh, okay, we'll go along with that. So, yeah. yeah. Stacy, what an absolute joy. Talk, I've got to do something with this light. I look like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Home broadcasting. Um, <laughs> it's been such a delight talking to you tonight. Your personality, your energy really has come over. And especially your knowledge and your professionalism there was a whole ream of comments earlier on when you got on the professional standards and so many people uh lovely fiona parry dodd who is an excellent uh healer sound healer and clinical hypno hypnotherapist as well um frank white who's frank white where's he come from oh don't be frank he's as our silver wolf he does our cards yeah i know <laughs> oh, we love you frank yeah he phoned <laughs> when i have the honor of serving thundersly i i get the phone call from frank hello <laughs> and i'm not laughing at you frank i love it i absolutely love it because he phones up quickly to check if i'm all right and it's sort of like two hours later i'll let him go <laughs> <laughs> So lovely Dawn Collins and Quarry. Hello, my darling. Again, just echoing this professionalism. Sue Townsend, professional. Yeah, you've got, you've got to be because the thing is, it's like when I when you work on platform and stuff. For me, you are serving spirit, and when I do healing, uh, like in with past life or anything like that, I always have. You know, I always ask my guides as well, even though it's not a sort of mediumship thing. I always ask in my healing space, I cleanse it first and um, I, I sort of make sure the space it feels comfortable and calm. Because for me, it's about the quality of healing. I want people to go away, whether they've had a reading or past life, feeling I've had a good experience because there are those out there that haven't. So um, I'm very passionate about sort of people go away not feeling upset or frightened 
you have to make sure that you give the time that they can talk to you about things after and also afterwards oh, i say you might also if you've had a past life because it's now brought into your conscious memory i ask that the door is locked or anything negative but anything positive like love feelings coming through are kept with the person but if they have any um again like you spend when you do a meditation, you might see a certain thing, but it's only afterwards you remember so much more. You get little bits and pieces come in. You think, oh, I didn't remember. I didn't tell them I said that. And that was always in circle, isn't it? Oh, I've, I've had a meditation. You give off information. Oh, I, I forgot I remembered that. So that can also happen in a past life because you've opened up and brought it to your conscious mind. So I'm always open that if somebody wanted to message me afterwards and say, oh, I just want to ask you about this, that you're available afterwards to make sure that they've had... Um, that continuity of care afterwards as well excellent excellent and I love that thing about preparing the space because this is something you do see with a few practitioners there's no invoking the spirit or stating your intent it's sort of like you know oh it's half past only half past tens here right come on let's get on with it and it's yeah. sort of like uh hang on <laughs> it's, no, yeah no you've got you've got to be in the right mindset as well because yeah. I mean, they're feeling your energy. When you come in, if you're harried, I mean, what it was, I had this cabin built years ago because in my little house, when I first passed and I was um, like qualifications and I was doing a few readings, but the past, I was thinking, I've got little kids at the time, thinking the pajamas and cereals all over the sofa. I've got someone coming, so I'll say the doorbell rings. And I'm thinking, if I'm not calm, how's anyone else going to be calm? So that's why I had this space built so I could sort of lock it all, I could lock all the house mess away. <laughs> so it looked all calm and spacious. <laughs> but this is it, you're creating that space as well. Uh, Stacey, if we could go on all night here. Oh, no, um, no, let's go. Let you all have your lovely Saturday evening, what's left of it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, been an absolutely wonderful night. Thank you, Stacey. I love your energy. We must, must, must work on getting you down to pool sometime in person. Um, our whole structure of events here at Paul is going through quite a change, commiserate with the time, and your energy and your knowledge as well would be a very welcome addition down here to share with other people. Thank you. Online is brilliant. It's so nice to be able to do these things. In person, it just steps up a notch here. So, yeah, yeah if you would consider it, we would be delighted. Well, I have a caravan. And we, caravan. When we, had, when we, well, yeah, I do me. I don't always to sell me lucky heaven and my crystal ball in there. Um, but, <laughs> but what we'll do, I can take the caravan for a weekend break and then sort of, you know, if it's not too cold. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Please so warm up. That weekend part of the experience. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. <laughs> we look forward to that. Again, thank you so much. Everybody has joined us tonight. Thank you for your input. It does make a difference. It's lovely to see and hear the comments, although they don't all get shown. Uh, but it is very much appreciated that you're all interacting with the topic and the speaker of the night. So thank you all so much. Next Saturday night, we have a Zoom presentation. We have Tim Abbott, DSNU. And Jack Eckhart from Denmark will be doing a night of experimental mediumship on Zoom. The whole premise of it is that you would have a photo of a loved one to hand if you are joining in that session. If you are picked, 
Tim and Jack will link in, first of all, psychically with the energies of the photo shown on camera, and then proceed to bring in a spiritual connection with that person. As as a medium, I love it, because anything that challenges and pushes and works our mediumship in different ways, brilliant. As a teaching and a training aid, I think it's wonderful, because so often... (coughs) Excuse me. So often... We see extremely good psychics working who people are mistakenly assuming or they're being sold under the name of being a medium. And actually they're not, but they're extremely competent and proficient as a field of psychics. So it's going to be a really handy evening just to sort of like learn the difference. So, or just see examples of the difference and feel the energies yourself. So we're looking forward to that. Tim and Jack step forward um, and promoted this idea with myself, offered their services for free, and their wish is that it be done for a fundraiser for Paul Church, because in appreciation we've all worked together over the last year very much, and we will continue to do so. So entry will be by ticket through Eventbrite. You'll find the details on our church Facebook page on the events tab, and it's by donation. So there is no set fee you donate what you can and nobody will be looking through who's donated what you know what i don't take this the wrong way i don't care (laughs) you know if you're going to donate something thank you as simple as that so thank you thank you thank you stacy any final words my darling i just just think really um just go with what you feel is right um just use any sort of healing modality make sure you you look into what you're doing first that you find the the therapy and the therapist that's right for you and if you're open to this 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 spiritualist way of life it's because you're drawn to it and and we are now at a time where we're you know our our light shining is going to ignite so much for other people so yeah. I know it's about the negativity earlier on, but remember, people, we have to step back from um, as positive people because we want to encourage those that are seeing the negativity to turn towards the light. You know, it's like when you tell someone you should do this or you don't want to think that way, they'll dig their heels in. We have to allow some people to find out for themselves because they'll be more likely to turn to the light. But we're all energy beings we're all connected. I don't want you ever to feel that you're alone. And whatever you choose um, will be right for you. And God bless you all. Lovely. Thank you so much for listening this evening. It's been wonderful. Uh, really good turnout. I really thoroughly enjoyed. Huge apologies to Stephen Hayne. I was desperately looking for your question earlier on about parallel lives, but I thought somebody else had asked for it. So my mind went off at a tangent. So you're not being censored. It's just... Uh, the silly old bugger here couldn't find your message, so never mind, eh? <laughs> so we wish you all a very good night, everybody. Take care. Lots of love. Oh, Donna! <laughs> Stay safe. Yeah, I just see you pop on, my love. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't think Donna and I should meet up. I think that might be cataclysmic. Um, <laughs> good night, everybody. I'll get good off night. here before Thank I incriminate you. myself anymore. <laughs>